Right, what's up, guys? It's John Sentez, Cutter Nation Baseball Podcast. You know what to do. You haven't liked and subscribed. You, this is going to be everywhere. Um, epic podcast. I've been following my guy here for a minute. But first, uh, if you're interested in snagging a custom glove, no back, all mesh, Cutter Nation JS1, please do that. Four web options, hats, gear, um, brand new remote training um, project that we are going to be pumping out, which I'm excited to dive into uh, Austin here too. Um, but yeah, you know what to do. Um, you know, I, when we do this podcast, um, I've been doing it for a long time. And what I really like to do is I used to do a ton of research on my guests um, and then just come in like ultra prepared. But I just felt like I almost knew too much. And I just like the organic ideas and how they flow and stuff. So I've got do have like some guide questions that I like to do, sure. but I like to learn out. I like to learn from people directly. And I, I know that when I bring people into our audience, especially over here in San Diego, they appreciate different perspectives, especially coming from the person. So Austin Wasserman, Wasserman Strength. Um, you're in Florida, right? I'm in South Florida. Oh, yep. Yep. Okay, right. Wasserman Strength. I'm, I'm and Destin, so oh, nice. connection there. Yep. Yeah, there you go. Right. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, I'm orig- I mean, I'm originally from New England. I, I, I grew up in New Hampshire. So, you know, I'm in the different weather now, different climate. So I'm, I'm yeah, loving it. 100%. Yeah. I mean, I got over here to San Diego and I always tell everybody, um, it's kind of weird, especially with our summer ball. Like, um, everybody leaves San Diego to go play in like Canada, like Oregon, <laughs> Texas. And I'm like, what are you doing? Right. Like, right. Have you lost your mind? Like, do Beautiful. you know where you should be playing? Right. Your, like, like you, first of all, you leave to go play college anyway, and then you leave again. Like you're right. you're making mistakes here, you know. Um, <laughs> no, totally. That's a that's a product of honestly a bad college system that I have actually participated in, and uh, we're going to be fighting that this year with our own version of our college team with much less games, way more development, way more of what we like to call truth, um, as as most people do. But like I still throw, so that's kind of like the fun part. Like sure. we did a content day yesterday with a bunch of TikTokers. I was like. 86 88 like i'm 37 i throw oh. seven i throw seven pitches like i'm just i'm just what some of us might call an asshole and i'm like completely okay with that level of fun you know in the game you know what i mean yeah. appreciate that man no i appreciate so that yeah austin sure. um, so let everybody you know let's let's go from you know hit me with the summary but whatever you feel like because i feel like everybody's beginning story is so valuable to where they are now sure. and so you know take us a little bit through the history of you know, your background in, in ball and throwing and, and then yep. obviously you've got all those acronyms that, that go with your name as well. So that's fun too, you know? Sure. Yeah, no, I uh, I grew up in New Hampshire. I played high school baseball, football in New Hampshire. I was Gatorade Player of the Year in 2002, which is cool. But, you know, it's New Hampshire. So you're like, you know, trying to figure out where you are in, in the world of baseball. What, like, what, what does that, that mean? mean? You know, you're in New Hampshire. So, you know, and then I got an opportunity to – um to go to the University of New Orleans. I played um, D1 ball in Sunbelt Conference uh, for two years, and then I ended up transferring to the University of Connecticut. And I got to play for UConn under Coach Penders, and Coach Blood was there, and, and Desi, and um, it, was, it was an awesome experience. So I was there, I got my um, undergrad in kinesiology and strength and conditioning through uh, the Department of Kinesiology at UConn. And then I got my master's in uh, clinical nutrition, actually, in, uh, at Bridgeport University in Connecticut. And, um, you know, I haven't done too much with nutrition. It's one of those things where it's just, you know, there's so much information out there and there's, you know, it's kind of a different approach. So I did have that background just because I wanted to have that base when I was working with my athletes, providing them, you know, things that they could take and just really good nutrition. But honestly, it, 
like Wasserman strength and high level throwing kind of took a shape of its own. Um, so I was, you know, got my undergrad, I got my uh, grad, my master's, and then I was working in New York City, actually, um, in a physical therapy facility, just pretty much out of school, learning how to, you know, train athletes, rehab athletes. I had Roger Goodell as a client, so that was kind of kind of cool. I got to stretch him out and, you know, not a lot of talk, but, you know, I was just there and seeing these caliber um, profiles. I got to work with Dr. Julius Irvin's daughter. She was a professional tennis player, so got to work with her, which is really cool. And, you know, a lot of the, the athletes I was working with wasn't necessarily baseball and softball at the time. In New York, you have you know, basketball, you have running, you have cyclists, you have tennis players. So there was a whole bunch of different, you know, athletes that we were looking at and seeing. And I just got a really good understanding of the human body and, and the rehab process and then how to get them back into a return to play protocol from there. So it was a really great experience. Um, worked on Madison Ave in New York City. And then I actually quit my job in New York to work with baseball and softball players. So in 2008, I quit my job in New York, 2009, and I started a company in New Hampshire, just working with athletes, like renting a cage, literally just renting a cage. Um, I had like four athletes, you know, four baseball players that I was working with, just teaching them movement, throwing, med ball work. And from there, it just started to grow. Like four went to eight players, eight went to 15, and then all of a sudden there's just these people hungry for information for developing, you know, throwing patterns and strength and conditioning. And it's funny because my whole like goal was to be a major league strength coach. Like I want to be a major league strength coach. I wanted to live that life, that dream and be a part of it. But <laughs> I had one athlete. So the first four years of my business that I started was just strength and conditioning. And again, I wanted to be a strength coach and I had one athlete, a mom brought a daughter, her daughter to me to help her throw. And this was kind of foreign to me because I was like, it doesn't everybody know how to throw? Like, I want to get you strong. I want to get you powerful. I want to teach you how to accelerate and decelerate. And those things won't matter if you can't sequence your body properly or you can't rotate effectively or understand like where your arm is in space through the throwing zone. So when that athlete came to me, I was like, all right, this is gonna be perfect, super easy. And then I saw her throw and I was like, whoa, what is happening? Like same arm, same leg, like 12 year old girl, like should be thrown pretty efficiently, but it was like 35 miles an hour as a 12 year old, just like same arm, same leg, like no instruction. And I was kind of like, is this New Hampshire or are we like, is this happening all over the place? So I'm like, okay, let's work with this athletes. Let's, let's get through this lesson. And then, you know, we finished it. It was a, an hour lesson and it was, really challenging like, took a lot of video just trying to figure out these athletes movements because i've never seen these types of things before again i just realized everyone kind of knew how to throw and a week later i had a dad bring a son to me to teach him how to pitch and like perfect play baseball like super easy to get him just like let's step and throw let's go through a progression and really really terrible pattern sequencing like very push throw and it just didn't look like there was anyone teaching this type of you know teaching throwing in general in, in this area. And so I just dug really deep into overhand throwing, um, reading research papers, talking to orthos, PTs, um, getting video of every single athlete that I've worked with and trying to just figure out how they move, understanding certain athletes have characteristics that might be okay based on their position or the way that they move. So it was really learning all these characteristics and types of movements with like their lower half, their upper, their upper half, their arm pathway, their glove side, 
their lead leg, and then just understanding like where these athletes fit into a training program. So if their lead leg was inefficient, okay, we have patterning and drill work for that, along with strength training. Of course, because strength training is like one of the basis of all of our programming. Whether you throw and like you think you're just going to throw, you're going to lift as well. Like there's <laughs> there's no question. You need to rotate, you need to lift, you need to get strong. Um, so you know from from there and identifying these characteristics, it, it made things clearer for me on how these athletes were either taught or what their breakdown might be. And I was really just trying to help my local athletes. And I was writing a lot, just putting up a blog. I was on like high school baseball web back in the day, like discuss fast pitch and just trying to see what people were um, searching for and needing help with. And again, overhand throwing was like one of those skills where it was like, it was neglected. It wasn't taught properly. But yet, like everyone expects, still, still, still. like, yeah, I mean, I see wild, I see wild stuff all the time. Right. You know, so it it was just interesting to, you know, to, to see that and be like, all right, how do we, how do we help these athletes? And how do we help these coaches teach their athletes? How do we help parents who don't really like understand like the movements? Because it's a complex friggin' movement. Like it's, it's hard. And so it's really just about educating the parents, the coaches, how to instruct it what to look for um you know what not to change like what things could be okay in in terms of the throwing athletes but yeah it just kind of took a life of its own um and then in 2000 i would say 15 or 16 coach murphy from alabama had called me in my office and you know i was working baseball and softball athletes but for some reason just softball for whatever reason needed help in throwing more than in baseball i just kind of still you know and i mean obviously baseball kids need to learn how to throw because pitching is just specialized throwing so we need to learn how to sequence and throw properly before we get you know get on the bump so um so yeah it was really it was kind of crazy like he called me and he's like hey i've been seeing what you've been doing with throwing and I'm like freaking out because it's Coach Murphy. He's like, I won a national championship in 2012, but I'm always learn- looking to learn something. And I've been around this game a long time. Would you be willing to come down and talk with us? And I was like freaking out. So, of course, I'm going to go down there. Like, I bought my plane ticket. They couldn't pay for anything, which was fine. I just wanted an opportunity to speak about overhand throwing. So I flew down there, talked with them and, and Coach Murphy, and, and he was just like, wow, this is awesome. I've never heard you kind of anyone talk about this or like the patterns and the movements. And so from there, he talked to coach Wade Wilson at Texas Lutheran and coach Wade, I think talked to coach Tar at Washington. And then, you know, just kind of like, it was like wildfire, like all these college programs were in need of overhand throwing development. For me, I was like, I'm just a guy just working behind a desk, working with athletes like in the trenches, trying to figure out how to get better. And I'm like, these D1 SEC programs, like they don't need me. All these girls know how to throw. And then you get in there and you realize like there's still work to be done, you know, and for, for younger kids, like the eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, like we just got to develop, we got to create good movement patterns and we got to learn and understand where our body is in space, you know? So that's kind of, kind of how like high level throwing evolved. It wasn't like, Oh, I want to work with throwers. It's like, I want to be a strength coach and just get these athletes moving the right way. And then, you see them throw and you see them rotate and hit. And it's like, wait a second, we got to like pump the brakes and go back to the basics to pattern better. And then, then we can start to provide force and and rate of force production. So yeah, Yeah, that's kind of how it started. Yeah, it's great. I mean, I, I I love that. I'm so many things jumped off the page right there. Mm -hmm. I mean, for sure. Um, You know, I see it as a, as a total 
pandemic, if you may, of throwing. Like it's, I get phone calls, you know, I have a very cool system over here that we're running like an appointment based system where mm-hmm. most people train with us back to back hours, like pitching, hitting, we're an all inclusive mm-hmm. facility that's basically going to work around your schedule as well as your training practice game schedule. And I get calls all the time from dads. They're like, do you work on throwing for softball? And yes, we do yeah. for sure. You it's, sign up for a bullpen. It's just going to get you over here, but I got some softball. Totally. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, and um, I say like movements, movement, like it's not gender specific, like throwing is not attacking female athletes. Like there are some of our girls throw way harder than some of our high school boys. And it's really just a movement pattern that we need to teach and, and approach a different way for sure 100 the the uh it, it's it's interesting to me the like you just threw a lot of stuff out here and like i i man it's so funny because you know so there are phrases and ideas and mechanics that i believe came from photos and that is the basis of what and how old are you i'm 39 I'm 37, so we're yeah. killing, right? Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I'm right there, dude. I I hit 88 yesterday. I'm I'm on fire. That's like, hilarious. I'm just, yeah, like <laughs> I still throw. Like I'm so pumped to put this video out. It's so funny. This. Um, but anyway, uh, I I just my experience and what I went through. Parents didn't play sports. Dad was a surfer artist. Mom was a teacher, and I was just obsessed with throwing. My only child came home from school. WGN with the Cubs. <laughs> right into the Braves. Right after that. I'm chilling all summer. I got seven hours of baseball plus baseball tonight. That's all I needed, right? Right, right, right. And and a lot of the information, I remember, like, just my whole life, like, watching stuff on TV and then going to some of these camps and clinics that I was being taught to throw, just basis of throwing, mm-hmm. and just running into, like, just things that, yes, yeah. like, yeah, power position, way. like, all of these things that we were all, that I sure. constantly fight to this day. And my favorite part, and I, you know, I don't, I haven't seen a video of you throw, but I can tell what you're being taught or what you're teaching. And I know like, I don't even have, this guy can throw, like I can just, I know what I'm looking at as well. And it's interesting that the amount of people that don't want to mess with arm path, which is just wild to me, like that you're not, like you're not seeing the equation of like your arm path directly affecting the flight of the ball. Or the spin of the ball, or mm-hmm. you know the the axis of rotation, you know, Correct. and so finding your page, I couldn't even tell you when I found my like your page has just been pop. Actually, no, the fuck. place you had where guys were throwing through a tunnel, like, and there was a wall right on the right. Yeah, that was that was my yeah that was in New Hampshire, right? blue like a navy yeah. blue wall. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. my facility in New Hampshire. Right, so, yeah, so with that wall, strength and all that. Right, yeah. Heck yeah. So that was. Right. I'm pretty sure I found, and I was upset. I'm, I've always been a visual guy, yeah. just watching, learning. Same movement. here. And and um, I've always been trying to find body types that matched my own, um, and then movement systems that matched my sure. own. And and I actually call it long armors. Um, we are. It's funny when my kids come in here and a lot of them throw them. I just go, hey, put your arms out, and they're like, yeah. I'm like, me too, dude. Look at this thing. Look at this <laughs> freaking sail of an arm. Right, you know right, I mean? right. And they're always like, oh. I'm like, yeah, like you actually shouldn't be like up in your neck, like mm-hmm. trying to, you should actually be trying to get this freaking rope thing moving. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's just always a blast to see other, you know, like that we've never met, we've never talked, probably yep. commented a couple of times, but okay, right. I know what I see. And so, you know, watching all your stuff, seeing your terminology, talking about the scat, mm-hmm. talking about the stuff, 
you know, if you could give a, a, you know, obviously don't give the secret away, but like a focus of what you see, you know, if someone isn't understanding the ideas, even what we're talking sure. about, if we're being sure. vague right now, what, yeah. what, are the, what are the, some of the common things that you feel like are just like easy, low hanging fruit for guys? Sure. So I, I kind of want to give you the, the components of high level throwing, cause that will make it a little bit easier to understand. So there's four things that I really look at when I'm observing an athlete and it's the arm pathway and the arm shape. Like how does the arm load back to release, whether it's like two hand ground ball, a bare hand, like catcher thrown down. How does that arm, like when you transition the ball, how does that arm move back? Whether it's like a little tighter, a little longer, whatever that might be. That is probably the easiest thing to see visually because like a kid can see, oh, his arms like way out here or he's pointing the ball away or she's pointing the ball away, whatever it might be. So that is the, the thing that I look at first and we kind of work on the arm pathway and then work down from there. So first component is the arm pathway and the arm shape, which again is, I can, I'm going to talk a little more on that. Um, the second one is basically hip to trunk relationship or separation resistance, like disconnect, whatever you want to call it. So if an athlete is like striding out towards their target, does their upper half like start to counter rotate and are they creating like that good tension to accelerate out of that position? So, I mean, you can see like shirts are like kind of wrinkled on one side, oh, sure. yeah. back. Yeah. so you can kind of visually see that as well. Um, the third component is glove side, like lead arm patterning, like what is the lead arm supposed to do? And it's based on where the ball's fielded, what the situation is, how fast you have to get rid of it. So like the glove side's purpose, and again, is to accelerate and rotate the body, create like some counterbalance for the arm loading back. So there's tons of variations with the glove side. Like if you're turning a double play, like that glove's gonna peel. If you're like an outfielder, it might work out a little bit. So when parents ask like, what is the glove side supposed to do? It's, well, is it giving your body the ability to rotate like the upper body? and accelerate efficiently or are you like pushing the ball because you're just like bringing the glove into the chest so there has to be some like spine movement mm -hmm. happening which you know it's when you pull the glove into the chest you're not creating that you know that spine movement which helps to like give it a little bit more right. form, form you gotta, like that. yeah you kind of got to go with the force right so, yeah exactly and yeah. then the fourth and then the fourth one is just lead leg pattern like how does that lead leg plant on the ground, does it stabilize? Is it firm to allow like to allow the upper body to rotate again and the arm to come through effectively? And, you know, some guys that are a little bit bigger might have more of a, a like a flex knee when they're throwing, or say we have a short stop to like the backhand side, there might be more of like a aggressive lead leg patterning, you know? So it's just depends. Like a girl throwing on the run, they're not gonna have obviously like an aggressive lead leg because they're changing their orientation of their body. So those are the four components of high-level throwing. And the, the lowest hanging fruit, I think, is understanding the arm pathway, understanding how, like, the shoulder blade, like, sets the sh shoulder joint, like, actually. But we also have to think of these blended movements. Like, if we just do scapula, we're just, like, jamming the shoulder blade, like, <laughs> into the spine. So we have to, like, create some rotation of the torso as the glove goes forward, like whatever your arm pathway is, mm -hmm. the shoulder blade has to like work on the rib cage right. to set the shoulder joint. So when we were taught L drills and pointing the ball away, a couple things with that. It's easy to 
just teach a large group of kids because it's like point the ball away, point your glove forward and just rotate. And most kids won't actually rotate or sequence effectively. They'll just like hips go, trunk goes, arm goes, like there's just no velocity. Um, so that L drill, that like wrist pointing away is weird for like this arm shape. Like some athletes are like really far out. But also the wrist positioning, like when you throw an object, whether it's like baseball, softball, a shoe, a newspaper, like your hand like slightly supinates to protect your elbow joint before the hand gets behind the ball. So when athletes are like taught to point the ball away, they're, they're not like actually unraveling their arm properly. They're just like picking it up and like trying to like flex their yeah, wrist, like, which doesn't happen. Yeah. Right. It doesn't happen in the throw. So, um, so the L drills we've kind of taken away and the wrist flicks, which we've taken away. I think it's more in softball. I mean, I've seen it in baseball too, but for me, I used to do it. I was taught and I was like, why am I doing this? My athletes are like pushing the ball constantly mm -hmm. because I'm doing this mm -hmm. 10 times a day times every time I practice. I'm like, what is going on here? So when they go to throw, like their elbow works in front of their torso mm -hmm. versus the torso carrying the arm into external rotation. So there's that wrist flick pattern that can get kids into trouble early um, where they're not using like the chest and the torso to carry that arm and let it sit properly. So, um, you know, those are the two drills that we've taken away and we really just added some like arm behind setups and some of them like, what the hell is this weird ass drill? Like this arm behind setup. And we started really aggressive, like put your elbow up above your shoulder and rotate and make your throw. And the whole purpose of that was to get girls or boys from like pushing so we want the elbow, like the tip of the elbow to get up as you rotate your torso. Yeah. We don't want the athletes to like get the elbow up when they load and point the ball away and get like this way. And that's what we were taught. So we've created some really weird movers um, from that. And some kids are just visual and like, eh, this doesn't work. And they just, they throw really well and some are natural. And, but the ones that aren't, they need some help. Um, so, yeah. Love it. Yeah, I was actually just got a photo from yesterday of him throwing. That's literally what we're talking about right there. Like, totally. Letting the shoulder, like the torso, the shoulders carry that arm into external rotation. And then, totally, that's awesome. That's awesome. Like <laughs> perfect, like movement through. Yeah. And, and one thing, you know, with that, with the wrist flick. So, like, we started here and just to get exaggerated. And we've kind of obviously evolved and just brought the ball, like, by the ear, by the shoulder, maybe start at 90 maybe start center chest if you have some like shoulder issues or irritation. So we always modify and create the best movement for them based on like, like injury history and whatnot. Right. So, right. you know, we're just exploring these movements, you know, and, and we can change arm slots and explore like spine angles as well for throwing on the run. And I think all that can be taught at a young age and just low effort, just the right pattern, the right pathways. Um, you know, we want kids that are, you know, in, for females, like girls that are like in middle school throwing 55, 60, and girls in high school throwing like 65, 70, which is the average for, for softball velocity. High school is like 54, 55, somewhere in there. Division one's like 63. And then obviously you got some outliers that are like high 60s, low 70s. And like, there might be like a 70, I think there was one girl from LSU, like 76 or 78 with a softball, that's which wild. is like mid 80s with a baseball. That's, which is that's wild. 
Like that's insane. That's so achievable for them. Like they're just yeah. So, Especially like, when you see their training and like how they go about it, it's wild. Like yeah, you know, I I, I see that. I, I honestly see it worse in softball than I do in baseball. Especially when you're watching you know, some of these high level college mm-hmm. games and stuff, and you're like, how yeah. is this happening? But, I, I agree, and and I, I have um, some thoughts on that too. And I think you know, in baseball, everyone throws overhand to start like every single person because pitching is overhand in softball fast pitches underhand so you want all of your young athletes to like learn the movement but what's happening is these young athletes should be learning how to throw first right because that's going to create good like chunk movement and then they can start getting into their yeah yeah, yeah. most of the girls that like start like chest is forward so it's really hard with the arm pathway because most like in in softball pitching like you're going like up versus back so some girls like start this way and then they'll like load and they're like push forward because the sequence is completely off. Yeah, so, sure, they don't, right, right, right. You know, and then obviously you have the size of the ball, which is a little bit bigger. So some of the younger girls' hands are a little bit smaller. So they're like, they're pushing versus actually grabbing yeah. and like grasping to throw. So that complaint issue too. But I, I definitely see more of a softball like throwing issue. I mean, baseball for sure. There's still some kids that, yeah, need help throwing. But there's, there's definitely a, a pandemic of that. And I, I think it's just, you know, we're getting better and we're educating, but you know, we still got a long way to go. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't agree more, man. I, and you guys are definitely fighting the fight with it. I love it. The, um, Appreciate it. You know, I, was just, I was just watching a little bit of, uh, um, uh, just watching some of the, the videos of your girls throwing just recently and watching some of the stuff. And, yeah. you know, obviously, obviously, you know, there's language, but what I would see was, you know, I do like the two ball move with the idea of like this bow and arrow kind of counter sure. rotate that you're going into um we call that the rubber band um yep. you would put rubber bands around your thumbs right like positioning and like stretching the rubber band into your throw helps you counter rotate without even thinking about it right like just totally. concepts. and uh we always joke about words like words get in the way a lot of the times because words can slow you down and sure. just trying to feel out what feels good as you go um one thing that jumped off me right there that that i really loved and, and it's counter to a lot of people online is you went top down and we do we go top down too we don't go bottom up and and like it's you know a lot of the high level guys that i'm working with Mm -hmm. um are you know one they're not used to going top down because no one's messed with their arm path you know what i mean and and they haven't even explored anything and 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 two you know everybody's scared to do it you know and so it's just it's fun to watch like intentional you know mapping of of the process of what you're doing and, and even you know with the power position you know what i was called the power position which now what we call the wrong figure eight right, right where the hands are just kind of going away from each other in the wrong direction mm-hmm. and so we're, we were trying to get a little bit of a different uh figure eight into it right there sure. especially in the throwing and yeah. so you know just watching all of those things go through it's, it's very fun to watch what we call blurry arms and so mm-hmm. i'm constantly sending you know some of your videos to some of our softball girls are throwing like look awesome like there's here's yeah. the beginning right there's a blurry arm as it comes through there's the end it's pretty much the same as the throw in baseball there's no yeah there's the, no... the size is dead. like there's literally yeah. you know your lindor throw is the exact same throw you need to be making over here at short you know totally totally so, yeah and and, I, and I, I mean there's really no difference i think second base and softball can get in trouble just because if they were taught the push throw their elbow might be in front so like if they go backhand side up the middle, that's, that might be a tough play. So, um, but yeah, it's, there's no difference, there's no difference. It's the same yeah, movements, it's, you know, just different size for sure. 100%, 100%, that's great. Um, 
so there's something I've been on recently a little, uh, just talking about um, the grip of the ball, right? And, and you doing baseball and softball, you know, everybody's got their own idea on like where we're balancing, thumb, hook, you know, Scherzer's no hook. You know, right there. What, what experience do you have with grips? Because I'm into, like, yeah. I've never even gone to the grip idea of softball. I, all the, we teach the girls just three finger and then just try to have the thumb balance from what we're doing. And yeah. right, obviously with baseball, there's a different thing you could do there. But like, I'm all, I've always been a ring finger on guy. Um, you too, you know I, I, mean? I was a ring finger on Right, too, kind so. of a cloth yep. ball kind of thing, using mm -hmm. this seam and help me balance it. And then, you know, like, I'm hugely rotational, especially with as I'm coming through my 90s as I go. Mm -hmm. And I'm able to, like, tether ball my you know my hand as i go around with my spine and really accelerate through the zone and it gives me a very unique profile of of um i get wild extension i'm like seven three with like a Jeez. seven foot two um approach angle um and then i have a slight like eight degree gyro because i'm around it and mm -hmm. so like i i'm just i just don't throw it straight sure and so this axis for me allows me to play with a lot of just different shapes sure and ideas that I really get to have a lot of fun with by mm -hmm. like manipulating my wrist and stuff, right? Sure. Um, and so, yeah. so with you there, you know, I've heard points of contact and like, I just, this is something that I just don't hear a lot of people talk about. Sure. And I feel like I'm, a, I'm amongst another Jedi and I'd like to hear his opinion <laughs> on like how we're, you know, because beneficency is like, yeah, I'm, I'm honestly yeah. going to get messed <laughs> off like the amount of people that love. I'm spinning it at 98%, you know, right. like if I got two more percent, I'm like, Hey, yeah, we, we call it the seven, you know, the one, right. two, three, four, five, yeah. six. I'm like, why don't you just throw it in the seven? I don't, <laughs> I, if, it's, if you go right there, like, right. you know, it's not going to matter what your spin efficiency is, you I know? Gotcha. So yeah, anyway. Yeah, no, it's uh, most of the athletes that we work with are the three finger, like they have the three fingers on, but it's interesting because some of their athletes are, hands are smaller the thumb doesn't go like underneath it's really on the side which is a problem because some of these throws like they can't actually stabilize it when they release so the thumbs on the side of the ball so they get like these weird again like sprays up into the right thinkers yeah exactly and then you combine that with inefficient like wrist positioning and it's just a really awkward push like static no energy throw slack we call it slack in the yeah. arm right like it, there's yeah. just like a movement piece where like you may even like be moving the ball mm -hmm. moving your arm but the ball totally. is like not moving in space totally like and you're just your body's just doing everything you're trying to do but it's just staying in the same spot sure and it's that that's kind of what i've seen so we do throw baseballs to the younger girls or like smaller softballs just so they can understand like how to hold it you know some of them don't even know how to hold like on the seams like a horseshoe on there and they're like oh my you put the pads of your fingertips like above the seam so you have something to like pull down on so some of them are just like underneath the seams it's like interesting and then the thumbs on the side so it's it's like this chocolate yeah. literally it's a shot like a, so, like a edible hook right right so, <laughs> exactly so you know using smaller objects to help that process um you know see again seeing like take a video and just see like where their hand is are they like i had one girl that was like moving her fingers and like the ball was shifting in her hands while she was so like that was ball would fall out a little bit like it would slip out like what are you doing with the, with your hand you're like keep the ball stable and just let the shoulder blade move like don't like don't load the arm through the ball load it through the shoulder blade so yeah. um that's kind of what i've i've been working with with some of our athletes on grip it's just i let them 
because there's a lot of work that needs to be done in both baseball and softball movers that I've worked with. So it's like, let's get your, let's get the patterns correctly. Like, can you rotate? Like, can you rotate? Like, I don't care about your grip if you can't rotate yet. Like, if you can't pattern, that's not going to matter. So, you know, that's what kind of what I'm working with with our softball players with that type of grip. So three finger, thumb underneath, um, and then adjusting the, the size of the ball based on their hand size and like what their pattern actually looks like. Nice. Now, so so then in, in baseball, you're going like, is it more finger pressure? More finger, more, more finger pressure. Yeah, it's more finger pressure. And and for me, like just for position players, like when my like my middle finger is like a little like kind of way longer than my way longer than my pointer finger. So like like it's it's weird. So like when my the ball is thrown, like I do get a little bit of like sink a little bit and i do get a little bit of yeah, yeah a little yeah. bit of cut so yeah. you know I, I you know for baseball players like position just like messing around with pressure like based on what they throw like an infielder going to like on the run throw like do you have more pressure in the middle finger the pointer finger um from an outfielder like even pressure and just kind of letting them feel that and explore that so yeah it's it's kind of what do they do what do they present do we get you know we get video of it what do we see and then we approach it and tackle that way yeah that's that's awesome yeah I, uh there's, I agree. There's a, there was a company recently that I was in talks about and, and they were, we were trying to do some beta testing and some stuff and they had a force plate censored baseball awesome. and they were trying to have me use it. Uh, but the problem was it was stuck to wires and you couldn't throw it. And I was trying to explain to them that like, well, the pressure and the G force in the ball as I'm going to throw it is not the same as it's just resting on a desk sure. as it's flying through the air. In my hand. Like there's a, there's, you know, I was, I was trying to explain some, um, some something to a to a parent. We were talking about the same thing. Like, they, the 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 dad played. He just can't. Mm-hmm. The ball's not coming out right. There's a release issue, and uh, so what we finally figured out was like he's basically like jellyfishing his fingers, mm-hmm. like as it's going. Where like he just literally pulls his fingers off the ball, and that just completely kills the spin and almost oh. knuckles out of his hand. Right. Wow. Yeah. And so we found that with an interesting idea. We have um. I have a Stalker Pro S2 that gives me spin rate. And so I spin rate my drills. And so mm-hmm. with the drills that we do in there, it gives us kind of another another level of feedback where it's like, well, you know, you're pulling down. We have one of our college guys, you pull down 104 mm-hmm. and it spins at 2,900. Mm-hmm. When you get on the mound, I, there hasn't been enough research sure. for me to see what that is yet. And I haven't really seen anybody put anything out on that. Gotcha. I'm seeing anywhere from from two to like 300 different in spin rate mm. from where it is. And then he can get on the mound and he's like 96 with like 2,600, sure. right? And yeah. so like, I'm a weird guy. I kind of figured out, um, so I'm a low spin four seam guy, but I still have carry because of my extension. And mm. so I actually think that the way we measure velocity is incorrect. I think we should measure it in flight time the way we do with missiles, uh, mm. milliseconds, um, feet per second. Mm. Um, because I'm so much closer because sure. it's not a, it's not a real representation. Yeah. You know, we have people smacking a hundred and I, when I played in Mexico for six years, like I saw people throw a hundred that like looked like it was one fifteen. Sure. I saw people throw a hundred that got smacked. Dope. And so like, you don't know what that is until you get there and then you watch it right, right. and then you listen, you listen to hitters going like, that's the slowest hundred I've ever seen. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Right, right. I peaked yeah. at 95. Like, uh, you know, yeah, and they're and then they're telling me I'm so much harder to hit than him, and I'm like I don't understand that. Sure. That doesn't make sense. Besides, you know, I'm a seven pitch yeah, guy. I get that. Yeah. But, 
but if we're comparing fastballs, like, I don't know what you mean. Sure. So, you know, there's just so much information that hasn't been put out there on that. Yeah. So, you know, That's with softball, point, yeah. it's definitely something I would be interested in. You know, even how you're talking about how it comes through, you know, I reverse engineer from the mm -hmm. fingers because I just feel like that's the easiest way to start, you know, trying to teach spin axis and then sure. you know, climb, climb the, you know, the arm path through the, the spin axis mm -hmm. and see how well we can repeat those angles as it goes. So, yeah. you know, interesting just to hear your take on it. You know? Yeah. No, I mean, we, you know, we, we do this drill, it's called a wall, uh, wall, like a wall tap drill. I don't know if you've seen it before, but we use like one of our lightning balls, just a heavy object. And then we'll go down to a softball or we have a baseball player we're working with. And they get up against the wall, you know, maybe like their front toe is against the wall. They could be standing, they could be kneeling, but we're trying to map how the wrist is supposed to move and how the hand is working behind it. And then like if you're three fingers, two fingers, whatever you have. So this drill kind of allows them to like manipulate their wrist, but then they tap the wall. I'm just like, move over. Mm -hmm. So like, no, no, yeah, come yeah. Through, yeah. They'll like go slow. We'll video from behind and the side to see like what they're actually doing. Some girls are like, huh? And then and they'll push versus like smooth and like tap the wall. Athletes that push during this wall tap drills, so, like those like wrist flick athletes, you're gonna get the elbow, the forearm like hitting the mm -hmm. wall. Yeah. versus the chest and that unravel but it's yeah it's multi-purpose it's good for like sequencing the torso like love side that's shoulder so blade interesting movement. that you say that i haven't but then just like and yeah, then just like I, getting yeah doing no, video like, from behind and I do the visual of like it's, keeping the elbow behind the shoulder and having those three pieces we call them three pieces right yeah. like really you know you got your flat field goal that you go rotate into yep. right, as you go into it right there um and we i mean we see it all the time too where the elbow breaks the chain you know right. inside of it as the shoulder you know the chest stops and then it turns mm -hmm. into a push instead of keeping that elbow behind into right. the rotational face and um, just you just know like you're not like obviously gonna like fully rotate we, you know you're just gonna kind of like pause as you create yeah, that yeah. movement but it really helps um you know those types of patterns plus like figuring out what their wrist is doing and yeah because it's hard to see in a you know full speed you know throw so are they like are they doing that and then like turning are they like coming up are they just rolling at the night like really nicely through the zone so we we kind of mess with that and then get a like a video from behind to see like do they mess with the release points every time like are they consistent just it's, it's just interesting information to get to see like where your infielders release the ball or where your outfielders release the ball or where they think they release the ball. Like right, catchers, right. like some are like, get to where you release the ball and they're like, there's like behind their head or like they're like back here. So it's really interesting to yeah. see like where they should be like unraveling right. their arm, like their forearm and rotating their torso versus what they think. Totally. Doing. So yeah, I like and I can, really kind of, I can visualize it too, you know, just I'm trying to think about um, you know, do you have an example of a high-level thrower that kind of really, really stays in that deep elbow behind the shoulder move that you like um, on the mound? Um, the first guy I thought of was like Chapman, but like he's my example for everything. Chapman right? like, is, I mean, I was thinking of because I got a lot of video and I think it was a 2008 All-Star game in Yankee Stadium. So I had like Chapman, I had um, – I had like all these. I think I had who else is in that? Um, I don't know. I got a lot of video, and I would say, yeah, I mean, Errolis Chapman is probably the best for getting a deep loading pattern. Because I mean, I'm trying to think of a righty that does a really nice job of that. Um, I don't know. Errolis would be a really good example for that. But he he hides his elbow. He like 
the arm, like he has so much range of motion, like a ton of, like a ton of stretch and it's packed, stabilized. And it's like, it's a really cool movement. So that would be a good example to see the elbow staying behind the body. As a, as a it's funny because I, I feel like a lot of people anticipate, you know, especially all the biomechanics that have all their letters next to their name on, on Instagram that know all the answers that people would call that draggy, right? Like, right. oh, the, the arms behind the body, right? Mm -hmm. and, and like, I just know exactly what connection you're talking about, sure. you know, and I just, you know, for me, we, we kind of teach it a little different way. I like to do, um, I, I have a very Latin based influence thing because when I'm down, I play with five guys that threw 100 and we like we went full Jedi and just like I played with one dude. I, I, you know what sucks about playing in Mexico where I was and I was down there from 13 to 18 or 17, something mm. 14 to 18. Yeah, 13 to 18. Um, uh, they don't use their real names. They don't. They don't use their. Everything's a nickname. Even their last name may not yeah. be the last name. So like, I can't even find the guys Funny. that I played with. <laughs> and then of course the 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 rosters and the like. If you Google me, it's so fun. It's my favorite joke. Like when parents like go like try to figure out who I am, what's going on. <laughs> Um, I have one season in Mexico. It's missing five seasons, and even that season is wrong. And so it's like. <laughs> I don't even know. Do you know who to call a baseball reference in Mexico <laughs> to get your shit fixed? Because right, like, right. if you can't get it at LSU to get your Tuesday That's, night, right, right. You know the thing. Like I, I don't even that. know what to tell you there. I got nothing. That's you know? funny. Yeah. So you know, it, it, it's it's interesting. You know, just like I said, it, it, as it goes. But you know, just thinking about how it comes through. Um, mm -hmm. uh, what's his name? I was just the Astros closer. Um, I'll look it up. I'll look it up. It's gonna hurt my brain, but he's he's one of the ones that really I'm just really thinking about that elbow climb as it comes through, mm -hmm. and it just really looks like his you know his rib cage is handling all of that force into that totally. flexibility, and it's just it's really nice to see. You know, else as I was watching um, O'Neill Cruz uh, shortstop for Pirates, oh. like geez, if you watch his and like people be like if you watch his throw, it's like, well, he's not using his glove side, but it's like, it kind of clears around his rib cage. And it's just like, mm. like, there's yeah. no like point away. There's nothing. It's like yeah. 101 across a diamond or yeah, they, whatever they do that. Like, so that's, that's where one of the things I got it from. You might want to, have you ever done like a rope pull? Yep. Yep. Like, so like, just like from mm -hmm. here, just like pulling it through. Yeah. Mm -hmm. there, there's like a, there's like a guide, like a, uh, we call it like picking up a suitcase yeah. into like transitioning into it right in there. And if you keep yep. the pressure on the rope, um that is one of my our favorite ones to teach arm path because awesome. you just see right away the first thing they do they're like Wah! like yep. just, they yep. throw their face forward and they're like oh man i'm like yeah, totally. that hurts man yeah don't don't do that you know we, did, we um we, we call it like a, a a shoulder blade upward rotation so like they'll put the band on and like they'll have to rotate and if they go forward it's gonna so it's the same, same kind of idea so i like the word you know transitioning into external and through external rotation just straight movement and high level throwing again was about movements through positions and not like you got to get to here like you got to pause with the ball facing away like it's how do you move through those checkpoints right, right. And, and that's you know back to what we were talking about before you know that's for those photos you know what yeah. i mean like i was that's what i was taught. I, I distinctly remember watching the photo guide with my dad and looking yeah. at it and then you know i went through the tom house system i did all this mm -hmm. stuff and like you know, it wasn't until I played with these guys that threw 100 that I started watching them long toss. Oh, that's where I was going with that. Okay. Um, so one of the guys, one of the psychopaths that I played with would, you know, and I'm not sure if you've worked with Dominicans before, but they're I have. Um, so like, 
they're out to 200 feet in like 90 seconds you know what i mean yeah, like there's no really there's great. no throttle right it's just mm -hmm. at your face at your face at your face and then yeah. we're out here you know and like everybody else is like you know just totally. oh man how do you do that right and so um you know just watching as you know the process goes this guy would it's crazy he would shag so early work throw shag at the end of shagging whether we were home or away it didn't matter he would grab one baseball go to home plate and shuffle fire and try to throw it out of center field and Amazing. if he didn't throw it out of center field he was down and if he threw it out of center field he was up and i was like like i the first day i watched it i remember just watching just and then like from and then on the whole team it was like everybody's thing every day we would just sit at the rail and be like here we go and sick he's pitching today all right yeah let's go that's hilarious yeah, I, I i played with um a couple of uh, guys that would actually long toss with a softball yeah and then they would go to a baseball afterwards and just like 96 98 like no big deal and they just felt that the softball just like spacing their hands out a little bit more like they just felt obviously it's two ounces heavier so that weight but also like their hands being a little bit further apart they just felt like really comfortable and then coming down to a baseball like it was a little pee that they were throwing right. like a dart it was honestly crazy. And i did it too with them right i think yeah. that's why they're so good at spin efficiency you know to me there's like this thing you can do with your hand obviously you have the jellyfish right but it was explained to me called the hook mm -hmm. um and i'm not sure if you've ever heard that before but like you can hook a baseball and a softball by like pulling it this way and you can feel the pressure on your fingers like i can just keep that yeah as long as i want to try to push right there and that softball you have to keep the hook otherwise that thing slips out of your hand Falling out mm -hmm. you know what i mean and yep. so like watching them go through that i totally agree it's um there's a whole cool. yeah post load activation like it, i went the other way with it like and now that's what i like like plyo balls to me are a way to trick the arm into post load activation especially with um mm -hmm. like just like just general small progression of throwing right like sure. taking away the aiming factor of what is just standing three feet in front of a wall and then them just understanding like look you're just going to throw in this wall to warm up doesn't matter what it, like where it yeah. goes just, just like i don't care if you throw it over the damn wall like please For don't right. but try <laughs> like try to hit the thing in front of you sure. you shouldn't be able to miss it but like really just keeping the energy going through that ball and like mm -hmm. trying to feel the energy and the weight of it it's just funny to watch them go into a, a baseball right after that they're like what is this i'm like that's what you're supposed to feel like right all the time right this is five ounces <laughs> if it ever feels like it's 10 pounds that's a yeah. problem you know? <laughs> yep yep totally yeah i agree man i agree so it's yeah it's just it's it really interesting and i think there's just, there's a lot more research like you said that needs to be done between like correlation you know from you know testing it just without actually releasing well, it. And, I, and I'm not sure if you've been to the ABCA, but there's just so many opinions and biomechanics things and like all this stuff yeah. and, you know, force plates and like, you know, I mean, I just, there's a certain level of it that I feel like we're, there's just too much to translate, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and none of these things, so I think both of our points have anything to do with the freaking arm. Like right. it's always the legs, the hips, the hips like all these the things. Legs. And I'm like, someone says hips to me one more time. <laughs> like I'm in a high level argument with some people, right, right. Know, like some, funny. some people that I cannot speak about online, yeah, yeah. Like, but I'm like, hips don't throw the ball. I, I will die on that source. I will. <laughs> it's my favorite thing to do to a dad that he's yep. giving a kid shit about his mechanics or his front foot. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay. I try to hand, I go throw the baseball and they go, what do you mean? I go, what throws the baseball? And they're like, your hips. And I just put it on their hips and I'm like, throw it. 
Let's see how this goes, dude. Like, right. it doesn't work that way. You cannot think about your back hip when your hand is trying to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. It's not, it doesn't work. In the live situation, yeah. It's just like you're just trying to compete and move the right way. Focus on the other things in training and development. Yeah. But it's, yeah, I've it's seen it in the time is, where yeah. dude gets into his head and he's like, I got to get in my back, my back hip, my back sure. hip. I'm like, dude, you just hit the kid in the ear hole. Right. Like, you're not putting it together. Yeah. Sequencing, <laughs> not right. It's a little something <laughs> off there. But yeah. No, I feel you on that. Awesome. Um, um, yeah, so, uh, you know, let's, let's talk a little bit about your shop and your system, right? You know, yeah. um, you know, you've been doing this a long time, you know, what are the correlations are you seeing for, you know, long-term training? I, I think that's a conversation that nobody really has. I, I like to call it the lifetime of throwing, yeah. like just, you know, you playing ball, uh, you saw this too, and this is hard to explain unless you've played college baseball, but there was people that were a thousand times better than me unreal amount sure. of that that finished their year and like okay i'm done i'm just yeah. never gonna throw a baseball ever again i'm like what like ever like you're just right. not you're just you're hanging them up like every one of those like you know we're about the same age so there were like facebook goodbye letters that people were just putting out in their careers you know what i'm saying like, right, right. game i'm like I'm what is happening like why are you? forever i'm like i'm just Gonna, this is the best thing ever. Right. Especially when I got out of college and I played Pro Bowl. Like, say, I tell all the kids, I'm like, you don't even know yep. what it is until yeah. you can make your own decisions in the game. Sure. And your coach really doesn't can't do anything about it. Yeah. You know? uh, I feel you. I mean, I played indie ball for a couple of years, just delaying life, you know, a little bit before getting into working in New York City. But my favorite times were playing catch in field outfield like i just loved it you know i'm, I'm improving right. my skill i just love throwing and i was always drawn to it like you were just i wasn't like i want to be a throwing coach i just i was drawn to it i love the movement it was just a universal thing like you know when someone's throwing something when they're doing a movement and right. it's just a cool movement for me so um yeah i mean you got to be consistent with the training you know highlevelthrowing.com is where everything is housed so all of our throwing programs our strength programs all the products and things like that and we have lots of free downloads, you know, free articles, and obviously we have lots of books and content as well for for everybody coming um, to learn and, and figure out how to throw more efficiently. Um, but I mean, you have to be consistent with it. If if you're hitting seven days a week and throwing once a week, like you're probably not going to improve your throw. And we have athletes that you know train on our online platform and you know just you know buy the program and they go through it. And we have a lot of girls now that have been with us. And some uh, baseball players too that have been with us from like ninth grade, tenth grade, eleventh grade. Now they're freshmen in college, or sophomores in college, and they're starting D one programs. Like one of our athletes, she's starting shortstop at Villanova, um, uh, St. Jean, Lily St. Jean, Wisey, and Lily. Her younger sisters that just committed to NC State, so they've been on a remote platform for like almost three years, literally just throwing, training, like getting the videos, getting breakdowns, and just being consistent with it. You know. Um, and that's what we're excited about. Like we can see their progress over time. We can see, you know, how they don't move well and to moving really well and then getting an opportunity to play and transfer those skills into an actual like real game and real university with like real dollar or scholarship dollars and things like that. So it's, you know, really, really exciting to, to see that from, from scratch. And, you know, all the technology that we have is so powerful, but like you said, like there's the technology for certain athletes like again if you don't rotate well like there's there's no equipment i mean we can see that you know you can put you on 
you know, 40 motion, or you can go to Rapsodo and, you know, you can do whatever you want and find those numbers. But like, if you don't actually move the right way, it's not going to matter. So, you know, love it. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Love it. So what, okay. So if somebody's going to be, what's a lifetime of throwing in years to you? Like, what would you career, you know, like I've seen some wild stuff. I've seen like 45 year olds throw 95, you know what I mean? Like, and, and you know what I well, mean? So like lifetime is just such a weird, like I said, that's just, nobody talks about like, it's a weird thing. Like you got to understand your, your basis and like, you're going to have, you know, you, you get into, I don't know what's going on. Like that can happen sometimes, you know, I got mm-hmm. guys that'll call me up and, there's something's wrong there's slack ball's not going where it's supposed to or whatever and it's hard to do that over the phone right and yeah and then just watching that you know roller coaster of like man i really wish you know something felt better you yeah. know when it was going through but you know is that you know i know i asked you a couple different things there but yeah that's it you know, that's, like I, you know it's a, no it's a tough thing like what's a lifetime of, of throwing really like what's the volume of an athlete what should it be um you know, from a position player throwing versus a pitcher throwing is completely different. And um, I think the big, biggest thing is volume. Like, what is their volume every week? What is their volume each month? What is their volume in the summer? What is their volume throughout the year? Like, I think that's the biggest approach to understanding where they're at, but also what type of training history have they done? Have they done any training? Like, what's their experience levels? Um, I always, when I work with, you know, pro athletes, I'm asking them, like, what worked for you like what works for you what don't you like in the weight room what made you really successful like what are those things that made you who you are and what are the things that you know you maybe have bad experiences with whether it's lifting or throwing coaches or drills or whatever so i always like to see like what those things are and then trying to figure out like okay now we have a plan we have an approach but from like a lifetime of throwing it's a hard question like i'm gonna throw until i can't throw anymore (laughs) you know if you're you know who uh what's his name i mean bartolo cologne he was he was out there forever man he's still throwing coconuts Bro, he's, you know he's still facing you know i saw a video the other he day faced some high school kids right or some young kids or... he's facing 12 year olds, in, olds you know in a random field and he's swinging like right. you don't like, care he's coming at him nuts up to you 12 year old a g-hack on the on old big sexy you know yeah and and i think too it's it goes back to like the training and the consistent training like what modalities are you using are you strength training overload underload implements um what type of recovery do you have you know those i mean those are huge questions that you know take a lot of time to talk through and, and different for everybody um you know so i just i think it's a, it's a hard question but I think to look at the pieces of the volume, their injury history, um, their experience, and then like those things, like what they, what made them successful and what things, you know, maybe they've had bad experiences with. To, so, so that just got me a good, a good, I think there's a path we can go down here with this, right? So, so love the volume. What, have you seen any extreme volume? And like, what, what, what would you define as extreme volume? So. I mean, I've seen, so we'll go first, like softball position players. Like I've seen five to six days of over a hundred throws in some, which is a lot of volume. Like I like to throw every day, but like manipulating the, the intensity, the drill work, like plyo balls versus normal softballs, long toss versus like short work. So that's a lot of volume. Like I think anywhere from like 40 to 60 throws, you know, and, and that would be kind of like a, 
kind of like a medium high volume, like you're getting to 75 throws in a day for a softball player. That's, you know, kind of getting to that max. So I've seen that extremes for pitchers, like softball pitchers is even worse. Like I've seen 800 pitches in one weekend, one of, which is insane. Like we, we shut this girl down and she would just like continue to play and like, you got to train like you can't just throw 800 pitches in a, in a weekend literally she pitched friday night she pitched two games or three games on saturday like packed it back in like a morning game on sunday and like they were in the championship on sunday night so she pitched like i think it was five games or something like that which is you know she's throwing 80 100 games or 100 pitches a game you know it's five six hundred i think it was 800 though the like the total amount that she threw do you really, do you work with with fast pitch pitching yeah we do yeah okay so so then i gotta know like because to me i feel like it's just full of shit when i say when they say fast pitch is like oh it's more natural i'm like the arm is still kind of like getting some kind of like extension and feel like obviously there's a a little bit more of an off type thing but like to to what you're saying like the tissue can't handle that much it's you know it's still a dramatic like position and there's still the same for like similar forces um that are on the elbow and the shoulder through that that release. So, like, why wouldn't you want to create good like trunk blended movements and like glove side and arm pathway that makes sense? So, you know, and then it's just there's a lot of quirks in the pitching motion just because you're going linear. Like, it's a hard thing. You're going linear, then you have to like transition in the air, then plant. So, similar to like an outfield crow hop where you're like going up, you got to plant some kids like go really vertical and they can't control the landing and some kids are just really good moving forward so it's just a weird movement like if you're not like watching it every time but it is still pretty fascinating but a lot of the forces um are very similar to actually over in growing and um dr gretchen oliver from auburn has a lot of good research um papers on that and some really good information on softball pitching so it's yeah. interesting yeah yeah that's always it's been a thing where I've, I've always just been like, I don't know. All right, so I have a I have an interesting because you said mm-hmm. you said some stuff right in there. So uh, Wednesday, so I'm two days out. I threw 115 pitches as hard as I could. I peaked at 88, and then by the time I got to like 105, I was down to like 81, 82. Um, and then I had an eight hour break, and then I run a class called Advanced BP, which is me throwing a short box. <laughs> Um, and what we do is when we do this advanced BP idea, it's like, there's no, there's no teaching. It's just situations. Mm-hmm. So what we do is they start off, they go eight, eight balls on our machine, on our hack attack junior with our mm-hmm. auto feeder. We have like 10 kids. We break them up into teams and we literally just play games the whole time. So awesome. fastballs in the middle, you know, they go three up three, you know, three outs, they go back and forth. They play seven mm-hmm. in a game. And then after that I throw. And so like. Post 115, I threw another 352 pitches, but I didn't go over 61 miles an hour because um, I was yeah. like a 46. So like, and yeah. I'm I'm 6'3 with like a I think my I haven't measured my wingspan, and I'm sure it's gotten longer since I continue to throw. But I think yeah. I have like a I think I have like a 6'11 or 6'10 wingspan. So I'm just Jeez. I'm just a Neanderthal with long arms, you know. <laughs> um, but that being said, like the I was it was one of those things where I was like one. I need to do this just to see if I can do it. Sure. Number right, and so what well, I just ended up doing some ISO holds. Uh, I, you know, of all of the rehab stuff that I had done. So I don't, I'm not sure if you know, but I broke my elbow my senior in college. I That's didn't know that. Whole, yeah, this whole 
giant shit started. And so like, I've had so many people tell me that you'll never throw again. And I just can keep throwing and yeah, just keep yeah. pumping videos out of me. Just like, oh yeah, stick here. Here we go. Here's, you know, sorry, Dr. Andrews, mm -hmm. but you're wrong. Like, right. Like, like, <laughs> right. I'm still out here just ripping heaters with this. Sure. Well, and I was like, and, uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I was saying, no. And I don't mean to rip on him, but like, my aunt is a VP in a medical or she's retired now, but she explained it to me like as it happened. Mm -hmm. And like for everybody at home, your doctor is going to tell you, you'll never do it again due to the malpractice insurance process, where if mm -hmm. they happen to give you a slimmer of hope due yeah. to our legal system, they're not going to say, yeah, it's crazy. You know yeah. what I mean? So they, they kind of want you to prove them wrong, mm -hmm. you know, and send that picture with the sign, sure. you know, the, the sign, the signature on it while you're in the big leagues. So they can be like, oh, you proved me right, wrong. Right. You know, from Ooh, right in there. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, no, I remember the Ari Dickey had no uh, UCL, right? Yeah, he was yeah. without a UCL and that, that, that movie. And it's like, okay, so no one can figure out why he could still throw, you know. Yeah, he was like 86, right? He was like, like 86. I think it was 95. Oh, really? When without, it, when a, without a UCL, yeah. Oh, wow. I That's think it was a cool. documentary knuckleball, I think it was. Oh, right, uh, right. Yeah, I never even went through that. I'll check yeah, that out. Yeah, check that out. And I was like, wow, it was born, like, either disintegrated. Like, they didn't know why. Like, you have one or just disintegrated. <laughs> like, I don't know. He got doesn't have a UCL and he's throwing. <laughs> but then over time, like, obviously, he had to manipulate and yeah. change and throw right. knuckleball. Right. But it's an interesting documentary. So, I mean, there are, are some outliers for sure that you're like, how the hell, like, you break your elbow and you still, still can continue to throw and throw and throw and I mean, what would you attribute just you being able to throw all the time and before that? Uh, I would attribute it to this like free space idea that I've kind of found that I see a lot in your girls' uh, mm -hmm. movements where like I don't have any resistance at all on my body through throwing, yeah. right? And when I rotate, um, and so like you, there is some force vectors that I stay on way longer than most people. And I mm -hmm. feel like that is kind of like what helps me. Sure. Like I really stay on the gas past my left pocket mm -hmm. and it's something we teach with a lot of people yeah um and i just see you know um i'm anti-pronation mm -hmm. actually I'll, I'll go ahead and stand on that one um that's definitely what i was throwing 94 mile an hour screwballs with two fingers pretty much trying to get two seam action because that's what i was right, trying right. to do pronate through release that worked out real right. well by the way kids please don't do that we have some like kids that have tried to like actively do it it's just like yeah. they like they don't actually like the shoulder blade like pops up and right. doesn't like protract right, like right. the trunk doesn't decelerate properly right. I, I, I try to explain it like this like when you whip your arm the way you do it you can send an energy shock wave in the wrong direction mm -hmm. and so you can see it goes up in the neck i see it a lot in scherzer you know scherzer had that one world series he had to have you know acupuncture in his neck sure. and i'm like buddy <laughs> like quit snapping your arm down and stop like his follow-through to me is just like every time i'm like dude like what pretty is violent. going on you know pretty aggressive and, and you can see it in a game like what what i see with him as he goes like it's not that i feel like he's going to get hurt because he obviously mm -hmm. I, you know bulletproofed his elbow and shoulder after all that right mm -hmm. but i see where the nerves take the energy too much and then his feel for his pitches goes and that's mm -hmm. like that just can't happen right sure. like you start creating a little neck thing with like you're up into the trap and it's blocking the signal to your hand like mm -hmm. you're gonna leave that shit over the middle and she gonna go you know yeah, yeah. i mean yeah be careful of that stuff and then some of that gets misdiagnosed too it's like there might be some tls there or whatever it might be. So right. we've had, we've had some kids that like start to lose, like that came to us and like start to lose their, like some feeling and like, like we don't know what that is. We got to shut you down. Like you're coming to us from another program and you're feeling this stuff. We got to like pump the brakes first. Cause that could be a, 
signal to something else. So anytime you hear that, you know, people at home, if you're hearing like loss of like control or like tingling or like they can't like feel like, I think a lot of the terminology, like they can't feel like the ball off the fingers. So right. just be careful of that and just know that it's not like, oh, you just might be like tired or fatigued. But if it ha if it's over a long do time, you, like- Do you have, do you have any um, assumptions about what could be causing that? Cause I have a couple. Um, also, you go first. Not talked about, by the way. Yeah, Nobody yeah, talks no about, talks about tired. when you when you get tired, you can't feel the ball in your hand. For, you know? for me, I, I I like I I started to use um, dynamometers just to like get grip strength after an outing. So like, okay, we're on Friday. They come in Saturday morning and like train or whatever. We do a grip strength to see like what, and we have numbers from pre-game. And if there was like a big enough difference, we're like. Oh, you shouldn't throw today. Like they had a like a light kind of toss or whatever. Bauer's doing that. I'm pretty sure. Ba I don't know if you've been following Bauer's stuff and Bauer's no. team. He's, he's right on that. They um, mm. Tim, his strength guys is just really right up all both of our alley. Mm. And he did a in one of his uh, vlogs. He did. I have to see if I can find it since he. But yeah. He just said something interesting about they were measuring the space between the shoulder and the humerus and then the humerus and the forearm mm. and like they were just doing a bunch of co-contraction stuff to, to and they were measuring it in millimeters with some kind nice. of like laser thing to it mm. um but he was just showing that he could return it to normal distance with and like i'm assuming it's just some like you know full connection combo move sure. or something that would get it to connect to it but i just i like like i said i i look yeah. i try to find shit all the time on some sure. of this stuff and everything just seems so vague and no one really wants to talk to that stuff. So that was what was yeah. fun about no, you. No, I think, and I think too, like the grip strength, I think there is something to it there. Just, you know, for losing pounds of force, like if you're 10 or 20 pounds less than what you were before, like there's something going on, some blockage happening that we need to release and, and get you connected again, um, like you said. So, yeah, that's-, that's So I see, that, I, see you know, two, I see two, maybe three spots on that exact same thing. So help me out if, if you're right here. So. You know, with the nerve path going, I, I really just, after everything that happened, so break my elbow, MRI, go rehab, throw, something else is wrong. New spot, burning, like no feeling in the finger, something's wrong, go back, look at the MRI. We should have done an ulnar nerve transposition while we were in there. Gee, thanks. Appreciate Jeez. you. Let's do another one. So then we do ulnar nerve transposition. How was your And group? then we start feeling free. Yeah, yeah. So deep just, groove or shallow, get a shallow groove? Yeah, just right up here yeah, shallow. shallow groove right in there and that seemed to have taken whatever tension that was going on with it right there right. um so that to me i feel like is probably the cheat code that i have because my arm my ulnar nerve is not in that arm like impact zone as much so i have more you know uh slack yeah. in in the movement but what i noticed is if you get a knot in the top of your trap where that goes mm -hmm. there and then behind the shoulder blade really like into that and the tissue yeah. that's connected to the spine i see a massive disconnection in mm. like consistency and mm. so like for me he's traveling the signal down right because it yeah. is an electrical signal yeah and if electrical signal doesn't have a clean pathway mm -hmm. then we're not going to get the fire to the same especially totally. down to the fingertips yeah um and so we yeah. do a ton of stuff with acumobility and soft tissue stuff sure. before and after we throw yeah um and then that's where i see the biggest cleanups and what happens to that and then one of my favorite ones especially when the kids start um and shout out to kelly star for this amazing uh it's trap release and it's like the worst it's the it's the worst best you know 
rib yeah. move into it. And what's funny is I actually see more relief on glove side mm. than um, on throwing side, which first, would make sense. Have you I'm seen first, the first rib? Have, first rib. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen the uh, example uh, on the fascia guy? I can't think of his name, but he did the shirt uh, thing. It kind of blew uh, me away. Uh, um, uh, so he, does, I know he does this, like if my shirt is zero and neutral, yep. right? And like, so this is my throwing arm, right? If I squeeze my shirt mm -hmm. and I go like this right here, and this is where my adhesion is, it pulls on this side. And so like, there's a little bit of tension mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. the neck on this, but like, that's my primary dominant side. So I'm going to think about this, but not sure. realizing that it's coming from the left side. Yeah. So we double up balls right behind the shoulder blades as we go into like snow angels and some other stuff sure. into it. It's like we, movement. Right, yeah. exactly. And so we just it just kind of opens up the scap so they have space sure. to start moving around. And we see we just see like every, hitting pitching mm -hmm. in, in our you know system when people come into it like everybody has to do that. You sure. have to do this. No, you know, like, no question. It sucks. Yeah. Everybody we've, knows. Like we we've seen a lot of like yeah exactly that, yeah we've seen a lot of um like really good re response with like like some pec release as well um for some of our athletes that are just like so rounded and they can't like actually use their shoulder blades so you like putting a football and like the rack and like moving that or acting a little bit like yeah. those things yeah um, the anything ball on the on the pec monitor that's just huge for them, right? we've seen some good stuff and then like subscap and and terrace like we've seen some good results with that just moving um either up against the wall or on the ground and especially for Honestly, I feel like softball just they just go go go. Like there's, I mean, baseball does too, but there's like seven tournaments or seven games in a weekend, and it's just like the volume is is crazy. So I feel like those athletes can really benefit from the soft tissue work just because they're literally playing six seven games in a weekend, and they practice right. all week, and they're they're not playing like a doubleheader Saturday Sunday. It's like Friday night three on Saturday, and if they win on Sunday, they keep playing. So. Yeah. That's like actually where we yeah. see our, our biggest recommendation. I want to throw that out to your base. If, you, if you're familiar with AccuMobility or you have a lacrosse yeah. ball, you can also get this on our website. If you do those snow angels in between games and pitchers, mm -hmm. I'll do it mid-inning. If I'm in the fifth and I know I'm getting a little fatigued and I can kind of do a little shoulder roll and I feel like, mm -hmm. like it's swollen or I got some resistance, I'll just yeah. pop that AccuBall in there, lean on it in the dugout, do some little side raises and some front mm -hmm. raises just to open up the tissue. And then all of a sudden I'm back ready to go. Yeah. You uh, know, so like, please, you know, soft tissues game changer, especially for, you know, trying to last. And like, I tell all the parents all the time, you hit the nail on the head right there. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you play eight games in 12, 48 hours and see how that goes. See how you right? feel. Tell me how Monday goes. Tell me how Monday goes. Yeah. No, I mean, like I said, like movement, mobility, soft tissue, before and after, pre-post. I, I mean, you want to give yourself the best opportunity to feel good that day and then recover for the next session. So, you know, if you're neglecting your tissue, all these adhesions, you know, and these restrictions and they start to get like bunched up and then you can't signal the right way. So. Yeah, that's an important piece. Totally. Well, my friend, I, I don't want to eat up too much more of your time. I feel like we've really covered a lot. This has been fun. Awesome. Obviously, we could do this all day. Yeah. Um, I just messaged one of my guys uh, that is actually near you. Um, our hitting guy, Brad Berto, is in a is in a. Uh, there's a. I don't know if you're familiar with the Black Sox, but there's a a cool like indie ball tour where one of these guys takes a team and they go play all the indie teams trying to help oh, nice. guys get jobs. Sure. And so like he's real close to you in Florida. So he just Sweet. I sent him yeah. your website, just whatever. He said he's gonna try to uh reach out and try to schedule a time to come by. 
Maybe cool we'll shoot connect, a, we, yeah. we always try to shoot like a vlog with somebody wherever we go somewhere or like yeah. double exposure where we can get into stuff something like this and then make that. a dope little video for you guys too and do some stuff because like anytime you can collab that's what was cool about wednesday it was like jake savicki stephen Kinez, um uh the college burnout and we seen mm. him the dragon and then coach rack and so nice. like we did a home run derby we did a lot of bats we shot some skits like yeah. it was just a fun time right Love and so um, you know, we just, we're trying to help, especially with anybody like you guys that put out such good information, Thank you You know, so it's, it's, you know, kudos to you guys on, on, you know, fighting that fight. Cause that's, that's literally my favorite thing appreciate about over there. It's, that. You know, awesome. I appreciate that, man. That means a lot. Thank you for having me on. Like, this is re really cool. And giving your viewers, you know, just a different, different approach and different thought process on, on overhand throwing um, and some other stuff that we talked about. So yeah, exactly. yeah, man, I'd love to do it again, you know, at some point, but um, I appreciate it. That Definitely. So much guys go follow Austin. Um, you know, he's in Florida. Uh, let's see what deer, Deerfield, Deerfield right? Deerfield Beach. Beach yeah. Deerfield yeah. Beach. Yep. And then, um, you know, our, our online programs, highlevelthrowing.com where you can contact me, reach out to me, set up, we have clinics as well. Um, for baseball and softball for you yeah, know, we may have high school directly if you ever yeah to san diego from right there one of uh, one of our followers or uh, one of the girls that throws with us um uh, yeah. she dad just commented in there that he's reaching out trying to get something out here and oh nice i'm gonna be i'm gonna be out there uh actually i'm gonna be in tuscan california oh yeah that's in we're temecula in temecula yeah temecula temecula is about an hour from us okay i'm gonna be in temecula um uh, mm -hmm. we have a <laughs> yeah i'll be uh Tustin, April 27th to the 30th, and then Temecula, May, like that 5th, 6th, 7th weekend. I have yeah, we'll we'll have to there, figure so. something out, something like that in there. Awesome, we'll yeah. Definitely something right there. And if so not, we'll reach I'm, out. I'm back break. in August, so. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm sure you're all over the place like we are. We're all over the place. I know, right. We, can, we might have to go to Arizona soon. There's all kind of crazy stuff that we have to right. go right It's all there. fun, man. It's all fun yeah, stuff. Definitely. Helping kids, you know. A hundred percent. Yeah, dude, you got to get, hey, there's, you got to get that truth out there where it's like, hey, <laughs> I, 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 and you know, to to the softball girls, whoever taught you to throw, like this is we just go like really through the genealogy of throwing. I'm like, whoever taught you to throw, did they play and can they still throw? Yeah. Is that a thing? Like sure. I don't care what mechanics you're talking about. Those mm -hmm. two things need to be present in, you know, what you're trying to do yeah. and learn how to throw. And yeah. even by all means take all the information you want but at least try it form your own opinion about it to see if you like it instead of just like well my coach says i have to throw this way which if you're pigeonholing anybody like you just missing the whole thing like <laughs> right i hope you all understand it doesn't matter what you look like it just can't hurt and she has to either be out or it has to be a strike whatever like yeah yeah it's got it's it's way more of a goal-based system than than anything so that's yeah. sure all right buddy well i appreciate it you have a good right, man. day I'll, I'll uh, put this out, send some stuff to you here soon, and we'll get going, though. Nice to meet you. Awesome. Thank you. Nice to meet you, too. Appreciate yep. it.